the old saying, you can feel it in the air. Nothing says that more clearly than the changing of the seasons in a dramatic way this week. Heck, I think on Wednesday, I know this was Wednesday, I was outside and it was 90 degrees. Now we got 60s, lows in the 40s. Love it. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Great to be with you. Truly great to be with you on this particular weekend, mid, mid-September. It is National Hunting and Fishing Day on Sunday. It is National Public Lands Day uh, today. And with that, Indiana has so many activities around our state parks and properties, recognizing uh, the importance of public lands and no better stewards than our division of of state parks and properties, the director of which will be here a little later on, Terry Coleman, truly one of the best nationally recognized decades of service within our Department of Natural Resources. He's going to round out the show. We're also going to visit with Jody Heaston, she is our volunteer coordinator in the Department of Natural Resources, and I think she's going to talk about the thousands of people that help bring state parks and properties to the highest level. These places couldn't exist without the great work that our friends group and individual volunteers from families to scouts to businesses bring into these public lands. And today, National Public Lands Day, of course, it's free fishing day, the last of the year. So you don't need a fishing license if you're on public waters. And I always encourage people to buy a fishing license, but you don't need one today. So we are going to visit First, when we come back with Bob Matthews, he's with the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, get a little history on National Hunting and Fishing Day and his new role. It's a huge show. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives dot org. Cannot wait to talk to our friends at Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, Bob Matthews, when we return right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. What a beautiful day. It did indeed just happen like that. It went from 90 to 40. Of course, it's daytime and nighttime, but it still happened. And I am couldn't be happier. This body was built for the fall and winter, not for summer, as you have heard me lament for all these 24 years. So I'm so happy that we can see fall. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Of course, with that comes so many great outdoor activities the beautiful changing of the weather, uh, all that great stuff. State parks never look better. Get your family out there. Of course, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. No test. Just sign up to be that organ and tissue donor. You can do that when you buy your all-important hunting and fishing license. And as mentioned earlier at the top of the hour, it's always great to visit with our friends at the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. And Bob Matthews is relatively new, and he is serving, took over for Nick, who was a regular guest here as the Upper Midwest State's uh, Senior Coordinator. Bob, it's great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. Hopefully it won't be your last. And congratulations on your work with the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. 
Well, thanks for having me on, Brian. Uh, it's an honor to, to be talking with you today, and I'm excited to talk about CSF and a little bit about National Hunting and Fishing Day. I couldn't have led any better. For those that might be listening across the state of Indiana today, what is the CSF, and how does that affect citizens in the upper Midwest or in Indiana in particular, the work that you do? What, what are you doing? Sure. So the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation is really the authority across all outdoor issues uh, on influencing public policy. We work with the don't put any pressure. Don't put any pressure on yourself. My word. That sounds very, very important. Yeah, it's it's not like I'm echoing a mission statement or anything, is it? Um, We uh, we we work with the Congressional Sportsman's Caucus out in Washington, D.C. We work with uh, our Governor's Sportsman's Caucus, which. Uh, Governor Holcomb is a member, and we also work with our National Assembly of Sportsmen's Caucuses, which encompasses state legislators in 49 of 50 states. So CSF really gives a voice to all sportsmen and women, whether they are hunters, anglers, recreational shooters, or trappers. We are working with your legislators, uh, and here in Indiana with your DNR, to protect Indiana's outdoor traditions. You know, let's talk because there's a lot of people that may not understand. You said a congressional caucus. And if you follow politics, you oftentimes hear that word and there's a caucus for everything where I don't want to put words in your mouth. But for those that may not understand, what is the sportsman's caucus? So it's a it's a group of legislators that we we try to find uh, elected officials that truly care about sportsmen's issues, and we try to get them into one of these caucuses. It's a group where where we can reach out to them and know that they care about the issues that we care about. So it, it allows us to, to communicate to these legislators and have them all working together and on the same page to push the, the, the bills and um, the, you know, the interests of the sporting community. Which makes sense. And, you know, in, in my f- simple mind, we call those friendlies. Yeah, and that's right. It's they're basically the, that. the folks that you can turn to. And, you know, you may not think that's important until it is. And nobody really ever wants to understand how the sausage is made. But the work that you do and that CSF does is so very important, uh, especially at a national level. Uh, uh, legislative federal level because things rear their ugly head. You know, who would have thought that the Pittman Robertson act would have ever come into question in the way that it has here in the last several months. And you, I, I look at this as a little old common guy in Indiana going, what in the world are they smoking to think that would be a good idea? And you have to face that. So give me an idea of how you work around those things. And then if you have any comments on the PR stuff and what your thoughts are, I'd be interested. Sure. So what I'll say about that is just that um, I I won't comment on specifically on the return act, but I will say that CSF supports everything that the Pittman Robertson act does uh, for the conservation community. And, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But when you're talking about um, what we have to face, you know, we're, we're proud to say that over the last five years, working with our state caucuses, we've been able to achieve over 1000 victories for sportsmen and women, whether that's 
helping the passage of a good bill that furthers uh, the, our outdoor interests or if it's helping to defeat a bad bill that would harm those interests. You know, we're working hard here at CSF to protect that sporting heritage and we're seeing great results. And, and we just, we work with our legislators. We have a great uh, communication channel into state capitals across the country. And, and we try to navigate those, those bills that would hurt us. And we try to boost up those bills that help us out. Well stated. Um, we're going to get to you personally and kind of some of your background. But as you look ahead, what are some of CSF uh, priority at the Sportsman's Foundation. What's the lay of the land for the next 18, 24 months and beyond? Sure. We we are really focusing on getting the word out um, and, and promoting the heritage that is, uh, you know, the, so important to the outdoor community. You know, in National Hunting and Fishing Day, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a bit, um, it, it's a great opportunity for, for the entire country to celebrate and recognize uh, what our outdoor community offers to society as a whole. You know, it's we, we've seen growth um, from people getting outdoors when these last few years where some things changed in our society, we saw people picking up poles and, and going outside and enjoying uh, what's, what there is to offer. We really want to emphasize the benefits that uh, the sporting community brings to society. You know, it's you highlight a very important thing because whether it's RVs, camping, boating, all those industries that support not only jobs, but people put their money back into recreation, outdoor recreation, hunting and fishing saw the benefits with more licenses uh, being sold. The RV, the boat industries couldn't keep inventory because people said, listen, if you're going to shut us down, we're still going to get out and go to state parks. We're going to waterways. We're going to camp. We're going to be with family and friends and enjoy all that Mother Nature has to bear. Heck, in Indiana, we saw the necessity at the height of all this with a decision smartly by our governor to keep state parks open people we had to turn people away there were too many people in the park and that's right. unprecedented it's great uh you know it drives people in to see what a great opportunity to make memories exist within our state parks and properties and reservoirs but it created great revenue opportunities and now we have to sustain that and i just think that uh i think we're we're going to be riding this wave for a bit I hope. Absolutely. And, you know, you touched on, on that economic impact. Sportsmen and women are, they're the original conservationists. And, you know, historically, they've been the greatest funders and the greatest supporters of science-based fish and wildlife management. Economically, the dollars that are spent by hunters, anglers, and, and recreational shooters, you know, that's, that's what supports the wildlife management agency in any given state. Here, your, your Indiana DNR. And, and the benefits of the user pays public benefits approach uh, of that, that very successful American system of conservation funding, it, it's very important to, to us at the Congressional Sportsman Foundation to emphasize uh, what the, the, the large responsibility that sportsmen and women shoulder um, in keeping this, this clock ticking on, on conservation. Well, let's just be blunt. We talk about this regularly. This North American conservation model that you just talked about, willingly funded by sportsmen and women of all spectrums 
whether it's bird watching to bass fishing to hunting to dogs, you name it, they are willingly paying these user fees. And that's why we have bears on the New Jersey Turnpike and why there's Canada geese pooping in your backyards and reintroducing wildlife and all the other stuff. That doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. It's a unique no, North American model. It's very successful, and, and it's something that outdoorsmen should be very proud of, that, that they shoulder the responsibility for the success of, uh, of wildlife management here in North America. So it's great to visit with you, Bob Matthews, uh, the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. You uh, kind of have the responsibility for the upper Midwest. I'm going to ask kind of your perspective. Where does Indiana fall in the region uh, ladder, if you will? Who's doing it right? Who's doing it uh, really well? Where does Indiana fall? What would you like to see us do different? What do we do well? Give us a report card. Sure. So I'll emphasize the great uh, relationships that I've been able to build so far with your DNR. Um, great, great folks over there doing a great job. And you have a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal outdoor heritage that that DNR can support. I mean, it, it's a, it's a great state for wildlife and it's one of my favorite states to work with here in, in the upper Midwest. I'm based out of Michigan, but uh, I've, I've been making trips down to Indiana whenever I can, can to work with you guys. Um, so I, I think just keep doing what Indiana's doing. There's a few things on, on the horizon that, you know, I'll have some planning sessions with the DNR on, um, but really, really a strong state for sportsmen and women. So we talked, you mentioned this, it's National Hunting and Fishing Day tomorrow on Sunday. Today is National Public Lands Day, and we're going to be visiting in a little bit with the director of our state park system. We're also going to be talking with the volunteer coordinator where I expect... 10,000 volunteers throughout the year are going to be celebrated today. But what in particular, your comments on National Hunting and Fishing Day, what is that and why is that important? Well, it's like I said earlier, it's, it's just a great opportunity to celebrate and recognize what the outdoor community does for society. We talked about, you know, the economic impacts. Um, that, that sportsmen and women have and, and what their spending does for conservation. But, you know, another benefit of, of National Hunting and Fishing Day is the value that it brings just in introducing new hunters and anglers to the woods and waters. You know, at CSF, we lead a charge to get governors to sign proclamations and formally recognize hunting and fishing day in their state. Last year, uh, 43 governors and the president of the United States all issued proclamations commemorating that day, and, and we're anticipating a similarly strong result. And those proclamations, they, they come with an increased awareness and interest that might convince a father and son or a mother and daughter that have never gone fishing together to pick up a pole and, and get outside. Um, here in Indiana, not, it, not only is it National Hunting and Fishing Day, but it's also a free fishing um, a weekend where you don't need a license to get out on the water. So it's just, it's a great opportunity to celebrate all the good that uh, outdoorsmen and their passions bring to conservation. But it's also a chance to grow that conservation community, which is so important for the continued success uh, of, of sportsmen and women here in Indiana, but also across the entire country. 
Bob, it's always great to visit with new folks to new roles, and I'm sure you've got a big job to fill, and we'll have an open phone here for you. But very quickly, what's your background? So, I, like I said, I grew up, and, and I live in Michigan, uh, and I, I love to enjoy all the inland lakes and rivers that we have here. You know, my grandfather, he loved to fish, and he passed that along to me. So uh, I went to law school at Michigan State, go green. I apologize to any Irish Hoosiers or Boilermakers that are listening. Uh, but but well, when I went to law school, I really focused on conservation and wildlife law. And I was able to um, work with a, an agency and, and work on policy and litigation. But now finding myself here at CSF, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to work with the people that I do and, and work on the topics that, that we're fortunate enough to, to defend for Indiana, uh, Michigan, whatever state you're from, uh, I, I'm, I'm honored to be able to defend our outdoor heritage. Well, we are glad you are there and the great work that you do. As I mentioned, nobody really wants to know how the sausage is made, but it helps that we have great people and smart people like you to help coordinate, work with legislatures, work with uh, the federal folks and doing what you do. Great organization, and we look forward to an open phone and regular communication from you in the future. Thanks for being with us, and congratulations on your new role. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate having me on. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Don't go anywhere. We're going to visit with Jody Heaston. She's the wrangler, the coordinator of all the volunteers for National Public Lands Day and every day in the state of Indiana. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. Holy smokes, it happened. Just like that. It went from 90 to 40. <laughs> it is Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. Of course, we're brought to you by our friends at Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. You can sign up to be that organ and tissue donor. Nothing could be more important. You can do it when you buy your hunting and fishing license. You know that. Let's help save up to eight lives and heal up to 75 others with that donation. As mentioned, it is a beautiful part of the year with the weather changing and hunting seasons in full swing. And of course, we've got all sorts of fall activities. Joining me is Jody Heaston. She is the Indiana State Parks Volunteer Coordinator. Jody, it's got to be a beautiful time of the year for you and all the people and your colleagues in the Indiana State Park System. How are you doing? Great. And yes, this is a great time of year for us at the state parks. And of course, a great time of year for people to come visit us at the state parks. You know, I feel it's a great time to visit you in the state parks any day of the week. But mm -hmm. this is a special time of the year as certain parts of the state naturally lend themselves to a beautiful color rainbow and the Mother Nature changing her seasons. But this weekend in particular, today is National Public Lands Day, and I know that's something important to you. So we've got a lot of things happening in Indiana in conjunction with that. Why don't we kind of take a big, broad brushstroke? What is this and why is it important? Yeah, National Public Lands Day, um, it was established in 1994 around the country. And Indiana State Parks, we've been doing this since the early 2000s. This is the single biggest 
volunteer effort involving public lands. It pretty much celebrates volunteers helping our public lands. And of course, we all know Indiana State Parks are public lands. But without these volunteers, you know, we would not have our state parks like we have today. They're beautiful. They're well kept, all thanks to the help with a lot of our 10,000 volunteers. That's right. We have 10,000 volunteers that help us out. I think we hover right there because people naturally know that the parks are a great destination. They look beautiful. There's so many activities, the the camping, the hiking, the, the recreation, whatever that might be. But state parks can't do it with just the professionals, the interpreters and the, the staff that help do all those chores around there. And you said 10,000 volunteers. What do they do? So we have volunteers that come individually with families, of course, in groups, not-for-profits and scouts. Uh, these volunteers do anything from, you know, helping and maintaining our trails, um, helping and maintaining and greeting people in our nature centers. They also help painting our structures. They help with carpentry um, projects, like helping some of our footbridges, building those. They also lend us their talents. We have several of our, if you go see our displays, our nature centers and bulletin boards, the artwork, some of those are done by our volunteers that donate those talents. Our photography, if you go to our Facebook page and see those beautiful pictures, a lot of them are done by volunteers who are donating, again, their talent and their eye for photography and giving us those shots. So we even have some volunteers that are able to physically get out on the trails and do that hard labor. So we actually send work home with them. So we have some sewing projects, again, some filing projects, computer projects, art projects. People can take home, do those projects at home, and bring them back. All those little things help us out and give us time to do and keep important projects going at the park, you know. So, like, the toilets flush, you know what I'm saying? That's but important. These, these, yes. But these, these volunteers, um, we just really, really um, value their time and talent that they give to us. And that's why today, National Public Lands Day, again, it's a day that we want to thank our volunteers. It's a great day to visit our parks, to see a lot of these volunteers in action when it comes to helping with programming, seeing them out on the trails, maybe getting some invasive species out, those plants, those autumn olive and honeysuckle we don't want um, and if you're interested in being a volunteer just reach out to one of the staff there at the property that you visit and ask them how you can get involved and that'd be a great way to get started we well, brought up a significant uh, number of points there and that is this is a, a highlight a spotlight a thank you uh, an opportunity to have people see this in action but this takes place all year Right. We take volunteers all year round. We just highlight our volunteers, you know, a few times a year, really highlight them. But, yeah, we take them all year round. Uh, we have volunteers, like I said, that come in groups like scouts. So we have a lot of scouts that help us out all summer, obviously. And then we have youth groups and schools that help us out during the school season. Um, we have volunteers all year round. So it doesn't have to be on this particular day. If you feel you have time to give to us, like I said, just reach out to your nearest DNR property. If you want to look at the volunteer events that are happening, you can just go to our website, which is calendar.dnr.in.gov, and that lists all the programs that are offered, including volunteer events. So today we're highlighting this. It's National Public Lands Day. It's a national event. Indiana's co-opting and using this in, in a good way. What are some of the things, maybe putting you on the spot here, that you might find people doing in the parks today? 
so we have some um, bird events. Of course, Hardy Lake has their raptor days. We can go see some live birds. Pray, birds of prey if you want to do that we have several properties that are just doing trail hikes events on the water craft events um, mount state park and anderson's doing archaeology day because it is archaeology month so they have a, all events surrounding archaeology in the mounds the history of the Bronnenbergs. so we have events going everywhere some people could even go out and see some of our friends groups our friends groups are non-for-profit groups that are volunteer-led they can see a lot of them in action hosting events and co-hosting with our staff so we have friends groups too we have 22 friends groups throughout the state that are always looking for new members and again that's a volunteer activity you can do too Jody, I know you got a big day. It's always great to visit with you. And today is the last of Indiana's free fishing days, too, which is mm-hmm. it's, we're celebrating National Hunting and Fishing Day as well. And that's something that is taking place around the state of Indiana. And when you go to the park, there's a gift for you there, right, on a day like today, meaning you don't have oh, yeah. a gate fee? Uh, so today, National Public Lands Day, there is a gate fee today. Tomorrow, okay. which is Sunday, the 25th, we, we go ahead, we continue celebrating National Public Lands Day by offering free entrance on Sunday. Got it. Good. Um, I'm glad I got that clarified. Yeah. So Sunday is when we just continue. And then, of course, uh, a lot of our properties have several other events going on to continue that National Public Lands Day. Because it's also a day just to get out and remind people what our public lands are all about. So conservation, um, recreation, and just creating family memories. That's what our public lands, our state parks are for and our DNR properties. So, yeah, come out today to National Public Lands Day, see some great events. And then tomorrow, come back for a free day and get into the park for free and bring family and friends. Jody, always great to visit with you. Thanks for all the work that you and your staff and all the great folks at the Division of Parks do throughout the year. We look forward to some uh, tremendous volunteer work being done today. Thanks for being a part of it. Yes, thank you. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer, it's the Indiana Outdoor Show, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. What a great show we've had today. Of course, we're brought to you by our friends at Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives org sign up to be an organ and tissue donor and help save up to eight lives and heal up to 75 others as you know you can do that when you buy your hunting and fishing license it couldn't be any easier no free it's free and you don't need any health screenings thank god we'll leave that alone fall is upon us the winds have moved to the hot air hopefully out and we now have a breath of fresh air Across Indiana, and this being National Public Lands Day, tomorrow National uh, Hunting and Fishing Day. It's a, a free fishing day, the last of the year in the state of Indiana. Jody Heaston talking about those 10,000 plus volunteers throughout the year who help make our state parks and all of our public lands work. And no better person to end the Indiana Outdoor Show with today than the director himself of the Division of Parks. Terry Coleman, it's great to see you on uh, this beautiful day and have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. And I know very prideful in all the great people that you work with at the Division of Parks and uh, especially all those volunteers. So thanks for being with us on this special day. 
Thank you, Brian. It's an absolute honor to be with you today. So it is National Public Lands Day, and of course that's been around for quite some time, a couple of decades, but this is a special opportunity to shine the light on all those volunteers who are going to be in state parks today or state properties volunteering. But man, the the condition of our parks and properties has never looked better. Uh, the, the folks have enjoyed in a way they never have. Uh, the last couple of years have seen record gates at all of our state parks and properties. And here you are now uh, leading a, the highlight of Indiana Outdoors and the, the properties that make up our Indiana Park system. You've got to be very prideful. You summed it up as well as anyone could, Brian. It's just such an honor to, to, to be in this role at a, at a time uh, when the administration also feels like uh, public lands and parks and outdoor spaces are such an important part of our uh, physical and mental well-being. So, uh, as you mentioned, uh, just a, it's it's just a great time for Indiana State Parks and really America's state parks across uh, across the U.S. When I talk to my counterparts in in other states, Brian, they're they're echoing the same thing uh, that their their parks are at an all-time high in use and people are spending time outdoors and they've either found it refound it or are even doubling down for those people that are already coming routinely they're coming even more often you know you guys are just sitting on a wad of money right money's not an option not an obstacle it never has been i'm lying and you guys have been able to manage through some pretty tough times keeping facilities open and there's been some funding that will be helping to improve some things that maybe hadn't had the opportunity to uh, become a priority here, not necessarily the sexy stuff, but it keeps the toilets on, it keeps the air conditioning going and accessibility issues and all those things in a lot of our state parks and properties are going to be, people are going to be seeing work done and that hasn't happened in some time. Well, Brian, the the governor and the Indiana General Assembly have blessed us um, in the last three years with a quarter of a billion dollars a quarter of a billion dollars with a B in various uh, project um, oriented allocations. So uh, we, we received a hundred million dollars in the department of natural resources uh, a couple, three years ago uh, from the Indiana general assembly and, and the governor, as I mentioned. And, and so we're, we're moving through the work in three phases. The first phase was about 30 million. We've completed 88 of those projects now and um, are now in the, the phase two, which is a, a, a phase of about 52 million. And we're getting ready as we um, get a little bit further into fall here, meet with the state budget agency. We're gonna hopefully bring that remaining $18 million across the street and get um, projects rolled up and, and rolling there. You know, so it's a great time. And then we just had a, a landfall of $25 million for the Next Level Conservation Fund, which is going to allow us to set aside $25 million worth of public lands projects where we can buy pieces of property that are that are important or particularly sensitive um, that, that square off a piece of public land, just great, great prog- programs and projects. And then, Brian, everybody's aware, or many people are aware of the 
$150 million next level trail program. We've had three rounds of, of granting now and pushed $120 million out to uh, make regional and local trail connections all over the Hoosier state. It is a good time for you. And that is, uh, you're a very good steward of that. You know, we're going to see some things that people may not be aware of, but, you know, Spring Mill, uh, McCormick's Creek is going to close. The the newest of our state parks, drumroll please, built in 1939, the newest of our state parks, and it's in need of... Uh, state some, Park Lodges, Brian. State Park Lodges, correct, sorry. They need some help, and this, or this one in particular is going to be closed for an entire season, but people can expect a great experience when that opens up. And Terry, you've you've adopted this role. You've been in leadership for decades. Of course, you've been a regular guest here on Indiana Outdoors. As you look forward to these projects coming to bear and completing, what are you what are you most excited for in the next couple of years as this administration comes to an end? I mean, it's just been such a a, a wonderful uh, experience for all of us who have who have spent years. And O'Brien, we have so many longtime employees. We have we hand out every year at our our award our annual awards um, program. We hand out people uh, uh, that have been, we hand out awards to people that have been with us for forty years. Uh, their careers have spanned more than forty years. We have a property manager right now that has forty five years working full time for the department for the division. So these are people that are committed to the natural and cultural resources and the recreational resources of our state. But I think we'll all look back um, with a tremendous amount of pride um, because of the opportunity that the Indiana General Assembly and Governor Holcomb has provided for us and the ability to, to really play catch up. Indiana is a very, very facility-rich um, state park system, unlike many of our sister systems across the state that 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 just don't have the infrastructure that we do. And so it's a really nice time to be able to take a look at that infrastructure. And as you mentioned uh, in the rollout, um, you talked about, you know, maybe some of the projects aren't sexy. Well, there, there's a lot of projects that aren't sexy. You know, we've got a lot of sewer and water lines and, and roads and parking and things that, and of, of, an in, of, an, of an infrastructure in nature that, that really need to, to be upgraded um, to the to the new modern um, size of the of the campers and vehicles that come in, and so we're gonna we're gonna take care of a lot of those. But we're gonna do some fail. We are doing some face forward um, uh, projects, as you suggest, like the Spring Mill Inn. It's yep. exciting. We're gonna completely gut the inn, and hopefully in 18 months we'll put a project out that that honors the historic integrity and nature of that facility, but also brings a, a, a modern set of standards, too, that the modern guest and traveler expects now in a, in a resort-style hotel. I have, so I have complete, complete confidence, you, and as always, thanks for the work that you do, and thanks for letting us have some of your folks week in, week out. Terry Coleman, the Director of State Parks, thanks for being with us on Indiana Outdoors. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, one of my favorites. Glad that he was able to join us. Don't go anywhere. We're going to finish it up when we return right after this. It is so good. 
to be here today on this big weekend, National Public Lands Day, National Hunting and Fishing Day. Great to end our show with Terry Coleman, the Director of State Parks. Of course, I am your host, Brian Pointer. It's great to be with you every week. And we'll be back next week, as always. But hopefully you can find some time to get out to Field and Forest this weekend. It's a free fishing day. Tomorrow you can go into State Parks, no gate fee. No better opportunity this time of year to experience all that our state parks and properties have to offer. And uh, Terry has been such a great steward, along with the staff of our entire Department of Natural Resources. And I can't thank them enough for allowing access to folks like Jody Heaston, who's the volunteer coordinator. Very busy weekend for her. She manages the 10,000-plus volunteers that make our state parks and properties exist and how beautiful that they really are. We kick the show off with Bob Matthews. He's with the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. What a great what a great guy. Glad he's back. Took over for Nick Bougia, and he has the upper Midwest. So we'll be talking to him regularly about the issues that are facing, in particular, the Midwest. But very proud of all that they have done here in Indiana. Folks, remember, turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. It's a free call if the folks take over and catch a bad guy. And hopefully you'll get out and do something fun. I hope to see you in the great Indiana outdoors. Enjoy this beautiful weather on National Public Lands Day. We'll be back next week, everybody. Yeah.